Time, I Carlos Rodriguez, and you listen to the Functional Tennis Podcast. Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. I'm Fabio Molle, your host. Today I speak to former coach and now high performance director at the Justine Hennan Academy, Carlos Rodriguez. Carlos spent 16 years with Justine Hennan, guiding her to seven Grand Slams and spent three years with Lena, where she won the Aussie Open and became world number two. Carlos is now in charge of all the players training at the Justine Hennan Academy. He tells us all about life there, what separates that academy from other academies. We touch on Justine, Lina, what life was like working in China, where he spent some time over there. And he tells us who his goat is. It's a great chat. I hope you enjoy it. Before we kick off, a shout out to our podcast sponsor, Slinger, who make the awesome portable ball machine, the Slinger Bag. Head over to slingerbag.com to check it out and get all the info. Okay, here's Carlos. Hi, Carlos. Welcome to the Functional Tennis Podcast. How are you? Yes, thank you so much to give me the possibility to talk to you guys. Uh, thank you. I'm I'm really good and very excited to talk to you today. Great, thank you. Uh, well, I'm excited to talk to you. You've had a great career as a coach. You're still having a great career. Obviously, you worked 15 years with Justine. You worked with Lina, another great, and now you're doing some amazing work with Justine in her academy, which you're going to hear all about. But first, you're from Argentina. Tell us, how did you get into tennis? And then what brought you to working with Justine? What was the the quick road to working with Justine? Yeah, it was very, very, let's say, very unusual meeting between, between Justine and myself many, many, many years ago. It's a question of coincidence that makes that I start to work in the Belgian Federation as a half a try period and that moment Justine coming in and as soon as we we work together for once, we have to still working together. It's something that is very difficult to explain. She went fourteen or no thirteen at that time and I'm thirty three and you can imagine that uh, for both of us it's a, it was a, a very, very nice discovery. But we never think at that time that it's going to be so long that more than 25 years ago, we're still sharing uh, our passion. It's something, I think, that big things in life happens in that way. And what do you remember from Justine as a, a 14-year-old? Yeah, look, the, the first thing that I remember is that, that her looking, his eyes, his, uh, his determination, her determination, her, let's say, her seriousness at, at 13 years old. And when I say determination, the determination to become a, a, a champion, a tennis player. It's very difficult to, to explain the reasons. But when I look at her and you look at her eyes, you see exactly that is something different than the other kids. And, and that is something that is very difficult to explain because you cannot put many words on that. But at the same time, it's a feeling that you tell to yourself that this is the one. It's the one that you have to try to to go with her, help her, because the potential and the possibility is there. Now, besides that, I have my history also in the way that we meet each other in a very crucial 
moment of our lives because she just lost her mom at that time, six months before. And also myself, I left my country and I looking for identity, which means that both of us are in a very, they said, in a cross point in our lives at different ages. And I think that that helped to be closer of uh, one from another. And uh, I think it's also that helps to, to make our relationship uh, the time more functional. There's a lot of parts that play into it. If you ever got that feeling with any other players and then you've seen them on to become great players? Yeah, I have the chance to, to meet, uh, uh, thanks to Justine at that age, uh, I remember uh, when you see people like Hewitt at the time, I have exactly the same feeling or Juan Carlos Ferrero uh, or King Clasers because, and you see all those kids at, the, at their age and you see that for a, for many reasons that you can see on the court and outside, they behave completely different. And today for me, that is, it's an advantage, but at the same time, it's not that funny what you see Sometimes kids that everybody say, wow, they are amazing, but you know that there's something missing in there. And sometimes it's very complicated to explain to the people why yes and why not. Why you can believe in one kid in one, and you think that it's going to be okay, and why you cannot say the same thing to the player or to the kid that everybody thinks is going to be a, a next champion. Yeah, and how do you handle that with parents in the academy where... There's one person, one girl or one boy now who has that special factor. And then you've all these other kids and the parents are saying, look, are they going to be pro? How good are they going to be? And you don't want to give them bad news, but you want them to try and be as best as they can. How do you handle that now? From my point of view, we, we, have, to, we have a very important as a coach. And, and I always say to my coaches here, all the kids that came here, they follow a dream, and we are not uh, allowed to, to destroy their dreams. But we must be very honest and realistic, and, and we have to tell them what we see. We cannot have a judgment, but we can say what we think and what we see, and we are not able either to give any kind of perspective in the future because we, we don't know. What we know is to, to explain the parents with our experience where their kids are, let's say, in a scale of, uh, of the, let's say, of the level. A lot of parents dream about be professional, like you say, have kids that become a champion, but it's a reality today. And my job is to explain to the parents that my job is not to guarantee him that his son or daughter will be a, a champion, is to give them everything that I can in order to get the best of them. Besides that, I cannot do anything else. I cannot predict, I cannot guarantee, I don't have the crystal ball to know exactly what's going to happen in the future, but at least I can tell them sincerely if they are in the right or in the wrong path, when the right or the wrong track. Because many people, and you know better than me, that they like to be professional, but uh, you must commit 
to do a certain number of things and sacrifices in your life that is not easy to do. And this is, that is at least the most important to have. If you don't have that, you cannot even start to, to think about it. And that is my job, to put people in front of their responsibilities, to understand that be professional, everybody can be professional. Live from tennis and live for your passion is something completely different. That's very true. And the word sacrifice is such an important word. And if you're not prepared to sacrifice to get to the yeah. top, is you're on the wrong train. Yeah, and I think that today that our society is, 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 let's say, forget the most important and everybody look into the spotlights and, and let's say, media and everything, which is, which is fine. But forget the most important that brings you to there is, is the daily work in the daily basis. Uh, you have to make choices. You have to leave your family, your friends, travel around the world without any guarantee that you want to make it. And you have to do the best that you can every single day without any guarantee to succeed. And that is something that sometimes today we have difficult to to assume, let's say. True. No, look, that's 100% true there. So we're, we're, I'm skipping around here a bit. I know we started talking about your early days, but just in now we're going into the academy. Let's just talk a bit more about the academy. What's your actual title? at the academy? Uh, let's say that I, I'm more like technical director. I take tennis overall, which is the tennis school, which, give, which is, let's say, around 550 kids that come in the daily, in the daily basis, play for fun. This is one structure. And then you have the tennis academy in competition, which is from, let's say, eight, nine years old, kids to play competition, mini tennis, plus uh, the kids that we have here internationally in which uh, they play ITF, international tournaments, they sleep here, they live here, they study here. Then I have the function to do the pedagogical uh, project for every, every sector of the, of the academy. Then the programs, the coaching of the players, the coaches, and it's a, it's a quiet, quite demanding, demanding work. But you can, I think it's more a technical director or a sportive director because we have tennis only. And it's, it's myself who, who give all the programs and, and build and customize all the programs for the different ages. And, Besides that, I work on the court with players six, seven hours a day because it's, it's one of the things that I ask to Justine. I like to come here to work with you and, and have the direction as long as I can be on the court uh, with the players because it's what I like the most. And is Justine on the court with the players as well? Yeah, this is the second condition. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second condition that I put on Justine before I came back is to say, okay, I like to be on the court most of the time. You must promise me that you're going to be here at least three to four times a week. It's what, what she, she committed and she did and she do because today, just before I talk to you, we were together for three hours on the court. And this is something that is important for me because it's the way that she showed me that she still 
also uh, believe and and invest in the in the project. Nice. And how many kids are in your core group of players on the path dreaming to be professional that train full time there? Okay, here we have twenty kids so far. We're gonna limit it to twenty-four. I why I tell you why because the the thing is that a view on our or an approach of the education and development very particular. And today, uh, I explained to Justine before I came that if I accept the job, is to really do something to have impact on the kids, whatever if they become champion or not. Then the only way that I can be involved myself on every single player is to have a certain amount. And then I limited that amount at 24 kids maximum that we have 20 today that they spend time here and I supervise and I made with the coaches all the programs, nutritional, academics, everything is under my control. And I know every single player, the technical fight, everyone, physical training of everyone is the only way to really do something in the way that should be done in when I say that is to really have a closer follow up of the kids. And this is something that is very difficult to do because you need not, you cannot do it with big amount of players. That's why it's, it's a choice. And from next September, we, we're going to communicate that our academy is going to only specialize on 12, 18 years old kids. No, no more than that. Now, if you go through the process, then we want to take care of you in different ways. But our core, let's say, is on those ages. Nice. And so next year, let's say you've 24 kids, somebody drops out of room for a new kid. How do you choose a kid to enter the program? Yeah, this is a very interesting question in the way that everybody says, yeah, depending on the level if they are good or not. The idea is to have a lot of things in consideration. The first one is we have all the kids when they before they came here, they have to spend a minimum of one of two weeks here. To why I say that? Because I need that the kids have a look, a feeling, and spend time with us. And it's the same thing for us. At the same time I like to know with the parents which is the purpose to come in here and what kind of project they have. And and according to that, the last thing is if their level is in a group that we can put the girl or boy in a group with the same level of tennis, whatever the level is. What I mean about that is we don't have only eight players. We don't have only the best that we can. We have, we open to everybody but depending on their project. The people that come in here to have fun and play without have any concern about academics or not serious or not committed, even if they play very good, they don't have a place here. This is the point. And the message is quite important because I think that today we know something. In the most of the academies in the world, we know that from 100 kids, maybe one or two, they're going to make it. Then our academy has to be able to give to the the two champions in the 99 or 98 others uh, the same kind of service. 
And that's why I say we have a lot of things in consideration, but education, commitment, values, uh, and project is extremely important for us before we take a decision to to accept those players at the academy. Yeah, that's interesting. Two things. One is the two-week trial is really good because you get to see what the players like, their families like, and they get to see what you guys like. And if there's a gel there, that's interesting. And two, the one or two players in 100 is very interesting because we know some academies just get in as many players as they can and then they find somebody. But when your numbers are a bit smaller like yours, you have to be really careful with who you choose. So that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. The, the problem is that we have, I think that sometimes we we forget the role that we have as a, as a coach, as an academy. At different levels, people have a, a dream and they like to, the kids come in and when you see their eyes sparkling and, and have plenty of dreams and, and, and desires. And that, for me, is extremely important to respect, which means that we have a huge amount of responsibility, the responsibility with the parents, because they, they give us the trust to keep, to stay with their kids here for, for a long period of time, much more. We spend more time with their kids than themselves. Then this is something that we have to take in consideration, the amount of responsibility that we have in terms of education, especially on those kids between 12 and 16, 17 years old, in which they are in the, in the most important part of their life to build the foundation of the, the human being in many ways, mentally, intellectually, physically. Then we have to put everything in, in place in order to, to respond at their needs and that for me uh, is something that uh, is extremely important to to commit and, and like I always did is to, to to do what I say and that is something that uh, that always follow me it's a big commitment definitely for these young kids going off to the academy some you know their parents who live thousands of miles away and to train their At Functional Tennis, we are all about helping your tennis game get 1% better every day. That's why our match and practice journals are a great tool to have in your gear bag. The Functional Tennis match and practice journals help you plan and evaluate your matches and practice sessions. It includes goal setting, quotes, pressure tests and more. It's used by players of all ages and levels and it's a great way to get away from your phone and focus in on your game. To learn more, visit functionaltennis.com. But a question we get, one of probably the most popular questions we get at Functional Tennis is, what advice do you have? I want to send my kid to an academy. Which academy should they go to? Why should I tell them they need to check out the Justine Ennen Tennis Academy? I always say it depends what the client, what the kids or parents looking. The the thing is, we're going to take care, when I say we're going to take care of the kid, is the first thing that the people feel when they came here. It's, it's an unusual academy, and I want to explain you why. Because the academy is in a tennis club. People go around from the tennis school, members, people different, different places, the, different classes of the society. They don't come only from tennis. They come from business, from different parts in the kids also, which means that 
the mixture is very interesting. But besides that, we have, I give you different examples. We have a contact with the parents every weekend to give you, give them a weekly report of what the kids do during the week. This is on a weekly basis. We have with the kids a follow up in, like I say, nutritional, technical, tactical, and mental trainer. Uh, it's individualized. It's not that we have everything do the same thing and we go forward. It's because they are 24, we have the possibility that every coach can tailor made the program for any one of them. And that is something that is very difficult to do. It takes a lot of time, but uh, it's the only way to do something different, to, to make their difference, and to maybe say to those people that hear to your podcast is that if you see like a normal academy here, we try to do the things a little bit different and more personal way. What I'm going to say personal is more human, more basic and, and the person not necessarily only and the player. Okay. Then that, that is something that uh, I have to say because maybe it's the, the most important part of our program. So it's a bit more of a family, less business, you could say. Yeah, exactly. Let's say that we, in French we say we don't take us serious, we go seriously. Nice. But And that is it's very important, the, the sense of humor and the respect here is something that uh, is not because you're a good player that we want to consider you much better than the other ones. This is no question about it. Everybody received the same treatment and different level of tennis is not Carlos or Justine who put it, it's a player. Player commitment push us to do more for him than the one that he he has a less level of commitment, but we push everybody in the same way. And that I think is a, is the difference. Why I tell you that? Because the players who came from the other academies tell me that. Nice. And that is the only way, yeah. And that is something for us extremely important. And if every player buys into that, then the collaborative effort of that is just so much more great. You know, it's, there's power to that when everybody buys into it. Yeah, yeah. I think that is is something that Justine tried to find a way for many years to to put something in place like this. But in, she, she told me, as long as you continue to work in China, it will be very difficult for me to do it. But the only people that understand what we want to do is us because we did it in that way. And honestly, what we like to set up here is what we do together. When we start working together with Justine, it's more a human uh, adventure than the tennis adventure. And this is something that we we have to repeat here. We like to do it. Nice. And just quickly, two questions about the academy. Yeah. What sort of size is the academy? Many courts you have? Is it indoor or outdoor? What's the weather like? And do you speak yeah. English or French or Flemish? We speak English, French and Spanish. Okay. Because, we yeah, we have... Uh, coaches that uh, manage the three languages. Then we have uh, six courts, indoors hard courts, three clay courts, and 11 clay courts outdoors. Nice. That's, that's, a, that's a good size of, that's a good amount of courts. Yeah. And then we have a, a 
a huge fitness with everything in there. Plus, how can I call it? We have um, the residence in which the players sleep and live, which is at five minutes by car from the main site. And there we have also five courts, five outdoor courts in which the kids also practice and do physical in that part too. We have those two sites, those two sites to manage during the summertime. Nice. That's our next week to, to, yeah. It's, it's good because the kids change a little bit. The atmosphere is quiet, it's quite nice for them. It, it's a good mix. And so when I do my European tour of tennis academies, I'll have to stop by and check out this. Yeah, I hope. Check out yeah. And do you miss, like you spent, how many years were you on the road? 20 years? More? Let's say that I start my, I, today, is, uh, if I take at the end of the year, I want to do 35 years of coaching overall. 35 years. Yeah, I, I, I started at 23, I, I'm 58 today. Then if you, I have 35 years of coaching. I do 16 years with Justine, uh, two years, almost three with Lina, and then work with Federation in Belgium for 11 years, and then with Daniela uh, Antuchoa when she came to China and Peng Shui and many other players, but not as a traveling coach, but more supervising. Like today, I do it with Clara Towson and Olivier Chonom. Okay. I'm the consultant person in which I'm a little bit behind, advise, train, but it's Olivier who is the, the one who manages everything, but I'm, I'm, let's say, the backup with a little bit more experience to to help them in, in different moments. And there was the rumours of Emma Raducanu was trying to recruit you. Uh, yeah, let's say that I have I have a lot of propositions. Now, even in China, the government asked me to come in back. And, but I think that uh, I, I did my... my I started in Belgium as a coach, and I succeed thanks to the Belgium tennis and and the country. And today is a way like you know you like to come in back to the roots mm. and and give something back to them. And I think that Belgium deserve uh, because tennis today in Belgium is not is not going that good. And then if we can help to the federation to improve and to Right, a new, let's say, a, a new wave coming, coming there, a new breath, and and I think it's good to to give something back. That that is also, and for sure, my family, and that's why I decided now to to stop to go here and there, and and stay home and enjoying the life for a while. <laughs> You're right. You spent a long time traveling. Uh, what was life like in China when you worked? What academy did you work at? We with the federation. Well, no, we we have a private academy. The name is Porter, Porter's Wheels in in Beijing, around just after the fifth ring, and the southeast of Beijing. And it's really deep because we we have is there where I I work with Lina, Peng Shui, and many other uh, Chinese kids. And now it's a it's a girl that uh, I think is seventeen. The word Kiwan Zheng. You oh, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I worked with her six years. Oh, wow. When I started in China, she came when she was 11. And we worked for seven years together. And we have a very, all the best kids. We have another guy who in US Open 
Junior Wujibin. We have, and, and it was really nice because the atmosphere of work, my team of coaches, Chinese and foreigners, extremely motivating good. It's honestly, I, I spent 10 years there and the COVID decided otherwise, <laughs> but it was uh, an extremely good experience and I have very good memories. Now they like that I coming back, but uh, <laughs> um, it's very difficult for me to to move again. It's too much. Yeah, well, it's it's rare we speak to somebody who's worked with even Chinese players and worked over there. So it's good to get a little insight to life over there. And just quickly talking about Lena and Justine, were them two players completely different? How would you? differentiate them look you know i i i think uh, that i i'm i'm a lucky coach honestly when i say that is because i i work with men at the beginning of my career and then with girls and and i have the the chance to cross the road of justine and lina which are extremely uh, wonderful human beings this is the first thing then uh, the difference of uh, if i have to take both of them there are a lot of similarities between them in terms of, of how can I say, personality. Quiet, shy, reserved, determinate, respectful, and also committed. Now, if I have to talk to Lina, and to, about Lina, is I don't remember a so kind person and so respectful and nice person when you perform at that level. Is something that uh, is a, it's one of the best uh, gifts that tennis can give me to to work with Justine. And then, you know, you see, okay, after this, I don't want to have something better. Lina is not better, it's different, but it's, a, it's an amazing experience. And the, the Chinese people, the, how can I say that? The, the quality that they have is the capacity of listen to you, trust you, and do what you tell them to do. It's, it's, some, it's a feeling for a coach which is extremely grateful. You feel so good because they, they respect you and they give you so much that uh, when you finish your day, uh, you're extremely uh, full and, and happy. With the Chinese player, is something that I, I really... Sometimes, honestly, I miss that. Sometimes. They, they sound like good people like that. And you feel fulfilled at the end of your day's work. You're, you're happy and feel respected, yeah. which is important because it's not an easy job. And w what stands out? So you've these champions you've worked with and you talk about all these different characteristics, but is there anything that really stands out for you? Is it killer instinct? I know it's, it's all of these different things, but is there anything that just jumps out? Yeah, uh, for those that I meet and I, I work with, they, uh, I, I was a player, right? And I, I don't have that thing that they, they have the, the, the determination and this, this something that is difficult to explain. Uh, how people at a certain point in which the, is the most difficult and more, let's say, yeah, difficult and not evident at all to get the best of them, they did it at the most important 
moment and the most difficult moment. This, this is, but it's in, in every single situation. It's not only on court. And that is something that uh, I, I, I learned about them. And during the years, I meet a little bit less than Justine and Lina, Ferrero, and uh, Federer a little bit. And I see from, from very close other champions. And you have that uh, particularity, very strong personality, and this capacity to get more is difficult, better they react. More is, is unpredictable, better they feel. It's something that I am still trying to find the way how it's possible, but I don't find it yet. <laughs> they're, what do they say? They're comfortable being uncomfortable. Exactly. They are, they are in the situations that you and me, normal people, we want to be petrified or completely stressed. They, they look so good and they do the best things. I see either Justine of Lina in the most difficult and stressed moment of their career and the matches do things that you cannot imagine. And that is like I say, you cannot learn that. You have or you don't have it. That's what wins your slams and gets you to the best, to be the best in the world. Exactly. Do you have a bedtime story for the kids of your the match that makes that means the most to you? Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, it's, it's, it's something that uh, tennis gave you as a, let's say as a, a legacy. Is that I have so much good moments is with those people. Besides the titles and besides the, the achievements, you have moments, places. And people, I always say, nice, nice moments or remember things is about people, about places. And, and that is something that tennis and the champion give you all the way. When we sit with Justine, my kids, her kids, and the family, and we talk about it. My kids are 23 and 18 today. And I remember when we go on the road and they had three or four years old. And we have all those memories and and good and bad souvenirs that we we talk today. That is is all all about is about tennis and and passion. And that is something that is always alive. And that is something that tennis give me. And and I always thanks about that. That's great to hear. It's an amazing story you have, and the players you've worked with have been amazing. And do you have a favorite player, by the way? Who is your your goat, as they like to call it, the greatest of all time in your eyes? Today. Today. Yeah. Oh, female or male? You're well, the greatest could be a female, you know. So it's it's that's up to you to decide. It's personal. Yeah. Look, it's, uh, today I I have to be honest. In in terms of of, of female tennis, I know that connect. <laughs> because this, especially after the, in the last two weeks, I have the, the bad news that Bart is going to stop. Yes, you know, and that hurt me a lot because, uh, with all the respect of all the other players, as the reference for all of us. And if I have to pick, I have to pick her, but I cannot now. That's why I say, okay, a, a player like, like uh, for example, sixty pass. This is. This is something that, uh, for example, is something very exciting. 
and it's a man, but 100 backhand, and you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's something, it's a Greek, something that is very close from our nature in terms of, of blood. Argentinian, more, you know, more expressive. But, uh, yeah, let's say that if I, if I have to pick someone for today, it's this kind of game also. Okay, so Sitsipas, somebody, that's who you're going for, the greatest, that's, remember, this is the greatest of all time now. No, whole time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no question. Yeah, sorry. Uh, because I don't see the whole time. I pick Roger for sure. And I don't, I cannot pick Roger without Rafa. Yeah, interesting. I, I'm not agree with people say one of another. For me, it's my point of view. You cannot split those kids, those guys. Because I remember when they are 13 and 14. That's why for me it's very significant that because I know exactly from where those guys start. And today, if I say one on another, it's, it's like something missing. <laughs> and you remember what those guys were like as 13, 14 year olds? Were they, did, were they, did they have that look in their eye also? Exactly, exactly. Rafa was amazing. But when you see Rafa, and either Federer is, you say, we have something, those guys, but you know, at that time, I don't have the feeling that I have today. Is that. But today, you say, what, what do you pick? What is the best of all times? It's those two guys because they did something. Okay. What Rafa just did six months or three months ago was in Australia. It's amazing. It's something that nobody expected the level of tennis and the commitment and the fighting spirit. How can you do that? And, and Roger, in many ways, and I say, they, you have Novak, you have a lot of other champions, but those two is so different, so, so committed, but also so good persons, gentlemen of tennis, and they give to tennis so much and so good that today I cannot say it's one another. For me, I, I, sorry, but I have to pick both of them. That's okay. That's okay. It's all personal. And is the last question. Is there any juniors that you think have big potential in the future that we don't know about? Yeah. I, it's, it's very difficult today. I have some, some, uh, some in my mind, but I not, I not really, uh, I see, I see the finals of the juniors in Australia, mm. the Japanese Brazilian guy. Yes, you know who it is. The, the, um, it's, a, it's a name. It's a, Chinese, it's a Japanese name. It's I don't know if you know. IMG him. guy. Yeah, yeah, it's very good. This guy is good. And girls, you see the girl that I like a lot is the one that beat. Um, the name is very complicated. It's, she don't play juniors anymore, but she's even too early for junior. But she already is in the top of of uh, the girls. The one who beat um, Martens in... Fruvitova. Fruvitova or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Fruvitova, the two sisters. Yeah, two sisters. The one that beat uh, Martens, she's also really good. Both of them, by the way. If I have to pick, I pick those three. Nice, Because nice. especially the one that beat uh, Martens is really good. Yeah, I think she beat Azarenka. I know Azarenka retired, but... You still got it. She was a set yeah. up and tree love up. She's, yeah, she's really good. One for the future. So she's playing Paula Badosa. We'll know the result this in a few days. Wow. So, wow. yeah, so that's she, it. 16. I, I meet her, look, I met her two years ago at the IMG and was wow. 
When I see that, I say, wow. Again, this is something special. You see yeah. good players, but you see that and you say, wow. It's a level up. Uh, Carlos? Yeah. Thank you very much. Very interesting. And yeah, look forward to seeing some of the players you produce at the Justin End Academy. Thank you very much. Thank you to you, Fabio. Thank you. And we keep in touch. Eh? Hope you enjoyed that chat with Carlos. The Justin Ennan Academy definitely sounds like a great base for promising players. So if you're looking for an academy, check it out. Bye. <laughs>